Dave, Ian, and James. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome, James Gilboy, staff writer at The Drive. Uh, we're super excited to have you. This is Apex Adjacent. Uh, Dave, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the Kia EV6. Uh, Ian and I had a chance to drive it. James, I've heard that you have had a chance to drive it. A, a tiny couple, bit of seat time, yeah. A couple chances. Um, took one across the Australian outback earlier. Oh, gosh. It was about a month ago now. Wow. Um, with my coworker, Lewin, from Australia. And that was an adventure. Also got to drive it in uh, California earlier this year, too. So, bit yeah, experience. No, nice. nice. Yeah. So, we, we, we got to drive it a few weeks ago now um, at, like, a press event where, you know, it's, like, for regional auto riders. And so, you get, like... 20 minutes with a bunch of different cars and um and we haven't driven a ton of evs and so we were trying to kind of place it in context you know we really enjoyed our time with it you know even though it was it was brief so before we get started talking about australia which is what i'm most <laughs> excited to talk about for yeah. sure you know what do you what were your thoughts on the on the ev6 like when you drove in california and, and like where it fits sort of in the landscape uh-huh so i mean like like you i actually am a big fan of the ev6 i think it drives really good like it corners really well has great dynamics like the steering feel is better than a lot of cars i've driven which like really surprised me because you know it looks like a hot hatch and it actually kind of drives like one but um uh it in the scheme of evs i mean like you know the the market is still pretty dang fragmented it's like for for a long time everybody's comparing like oh how does the nissan leaf compare to the tesla model 3 because like right. <laughs> they're not similar but they were the only things out there for a while um but like the ev6 so like if you look at like its spec sheet it actually is like the least amount of cargo space of any like small electric crossover um but it has some of the best range for like its battery size um it's kind of weird i think like really the use case for the ev6 is like do you like driving? Um, but you know, don't need something that can, well, I mean, it can clearly do like really long distances, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, like, yeah, like the EV6 is a car that, you know, somebody, I, I feel like, you know, new EV enthusiasts are going to maybe get more into cars having driven it. They're going to go, Hey, wait, I get, I get why people are into this stuff. Right. Yeah. We had that impression too. We drove it on a really tight, little mountain road um uh, care to tell uh, where <laughs> uh, it was actually right by you know where tiny town is uh oh yeah 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 i went past there on lemons rally i think probably yeah that would make sense yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah. great roads yeah yeah that's a great little road it's a great road to like really kind of test the car because it's the pavement's not great and it's some tight corners and stuff um and it didn't do that thing that um that some like lower market cars do where it does like that square wave thing at the back, you know, where you hit a bump mid corner and the rear end picks up and then like moves over and settles back down. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that correctly, but I always call it the rear end square wave. <laughs> it just seemed way more planted and way more yeah. at home on like Colorado mountain roads than we expected. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, we drove it to the, we drove the ID four last year mm -hmm. and that had that, you know, I had that didn't feel like the front was necessarily connected to the back sort of feel, you know, yeah. when you pushed it. I haven't driven the ID4, but I haven't heard great things from the people I work with who have. Like, mm -hmm. they really hated its infotainment and, like, interface as well. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, but, yeah, the, I really liked all that. The interior on the EV6, it was the first one. Yeah. The first thing that I drove... Like I, I drove a Tesla Model Three really briefly one time, and you know those are great. But this felt like uh, I have two small kids. Like this, I could live with this with two small kids. Like there was little touches where it felt like an actual family car, but it was still fun to drive. Yeah, like when I was saying that, like it's got like the smallest like cargo space of you know like small electric crossovers. It's still got twice the trunk space of a Corolla. Like it's mm -hmm. still really pretty dang practical. Um, I thought like maybe the, some of the interior materials were a little bit like, I mean, granted I drove like some like high spec stuff where I was like, okay, maybe this interior is not as fancy as I'd like at this price point, but like, it's, it's still good looking. 
Yeah. Like yeah. The, but that floating center console there, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. it has Super. a little hooks for the purse. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that hook. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, it's got these little hooks that you could hook like a bag, like a, a grocery bag, a purse to, and then it sits in that big center area underneath there. Yeah. You I could, wish you I wish could I just that for like a trash bag while I was on the road, yeah. you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you could barely see it in this picture, but there's like a little tab right, right in the middle of that console there. There's one on either side and they, they, they come down and stick out and they're open and you could like loop a loop a person. And then the bin underneath is right underneath that. My yes. mom would love that. Cause she was always yeah. about having like, not like purse stuff. I'm sure she'd like a cubby to put that, but like, She'd always have, you know, like a, an old plastic grocery bag. Use a yeah. trash bag. Yeah. Loop it around the gear lever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how it was in most cars. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. this is a much better solution. Yeah. yeah I, this, you don't have to, like, spill trash into the footwell. Right? <laughs> I, although, like, spilling trash, like, or something, like, rolling in an EV is quite a bit different than, like, the cars that have the transmission humps and all, like, all the traditional stuff. Like, there's stuff in older cars to stop, like, golf balls from rolling underneath <laughs> your brake pedal. Like, yeah, you know, not so in an EV. Got to be a b- bit more careful. Yeah. What falls out in the front passenger side could end up in the back driver's yeah. side right. skateboard chassis like just go mm-hmm. nuts in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no it, like it made an impression on ian and i that i think like because like like you said before we were very much like we could really only get experience with a very few evs right and so you know while we love the nissan leaf and it's a hilarious car especially to drive like an idiot um <laughs> i agree i do like the leaf right it's great yeah yeah the, leaf's the, great the pro pedal uh, mode, like one foot driving this, like being able to adjust the, the uh, recovery braking, like all of, all of that stuff um, was just, it just seemed like such a great package. Like uh, just, I don't know, just a, a very thought out effort. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you'd sort of expect that considering like it's the same platform and in some ways, broadly the same car as the Hyundai Ioniq 5, mm-hmm. um, which like I actually prefer how the Ioniq 5 looks, not oh, that yeah? the EV6 is bad looking at all. Although I've heard that maybe the EV6 might drive slightly better. I'd love to try the Ioniq and like see if there is much of a difference, but um, that may not be so easy. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the way that the Ionic looks too. I saw one on the road um, a, f- a few days ago, and I was it's it's always just like so striking looking. Like if there's a little bit of a uh, Alfa Romeo SZ to it, um, like the from the '90s. Yeah, I see what you're saying, it, um, especially in like the headlights. It, yeah. it doesn't have like the three lights, but it like they're in that little slit. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right, like that yeah. monolithic. Yeah. Whatever you just like slab sides, you know. Yeah. It's an SZ wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Hyundai, listen, we figured out your marketing tactics for 2023. There you go. Wasn't the SZ done by Zagato or something? Yes. Why doesn't Hyundai do a Zagato Ionic 5? see well this is one thing that we talked about we've been talking about for years it's like why why is this not just the rebirth of coach building right now like why Mm. why isn't tesla just licensing skateboard chassis to every and anybody and then allowing people to go go bananas with um with coach building is tesla doing skateboards i'm pretty sure like all those vehicles were more or less kind of like the model X is like based on the model S and the Y on the three, but I don't think they're like traditional skateboards the way we think of with like, say GM or Rivian or Ford even. I thought they were, um, I thought that was the whole, their whole thing, but maybe they are unibody. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the unibody and like, like they're not like modular or like rescalable that easily. Mm. Like, they're supposed to be model three components on the drivetrain of the semi, but who knows if that thing's ever going to exist. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No one organization is like really motivated to make it so that other organizations can hop on that bandwagon. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I think the reason why that's the case so far is just because battery supply is so limited that like why sell chassis to outside companies when you can make more money just, you know, upfitting them yourself. Oh, okay. So as battery production ramps up, then that changes that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very complicated thing with a uh, ton of moving parts. One of the big problems is like battery mineral supply mm-hmm. is actually going to be way, way behind demand for a long time. Um, I got to get more up to speed on that, but it looks like battery limitations are going to be with us for a long, long time. Yeah. Hmm. Fun. To, well, great news. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Just the news we needed, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so, so talk to us about how the trip to Australia came about. Like, describe what what the goal, what what you what it was you did, and then talk about how it how it happened. Okay. So the goal of the project that we call DC Down Under was basically what does the reality of like charging in the most rural place you can imagine, you know, that's still inhabited and has EV charging options. What does charging out there actually look like? Like what is that like in the real world? Because it's one thing for something to be possible on paper. It's very much another thing to do it. Um, That came about, it was actually uh, the idea of my Australian coworker, Lewin Day, whose name you see on the screen there. Um, he was our nights editor for a while. He had this idea of like, Hey, can like, can you actually take an EV across Australia? Like with these new charging uh, stations that are coming up or like even these places on plug share, where you can go to a, a hotel and plug into their, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like 240 volt equivalent. And um, he spent a long, long, long time planning it, figuring out the logistics, making sure that he, it was possible that he knew every like bad eventuality that could happen and having a backup plan. Um, it was pretty much set in stone by the time I even heard of it when uh, my editor in chief, Kyle Charanka was like, Hey, we have this idea, nothing firm yet uh, about driving an EV across the Australian outback. Would you be interested? And my first reaction was like, that sounds horrible. Sign me up. <laughs> you know, because like the worst experiences of your life are often like the strongest memories. And I'm like, right. that could be like a lifetime memory. That's like the thing like very few people ever get to do. So I was like, that sounds cool. I'm down. That's also a writer's instinct right there. Like, yeah, yeah. This is going to be this is going to be great fodder for an article. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we want to have a story to tell, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to impress the people we went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. But anyway, uh, from there, it was just getting a car company to cooperate. And I think Kia was the first one to bite. And so that's how we ended up with that. I was going to ask how the Kia came about. Yeah. So it was, it was just think like, that's how it happened. Manufacturer being like, all right, we're game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just a car company that was like, we, we stand to benefit from this. I bet there were companies that were not interested, but I don't know what that side of it looked like. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, as for the trip itself, obviously, you know, you've got only so far you can go on each charge. So we had to actually figure out day by day how far we were going to go, how long we were going to charge, um, basically how far we could actually go each day. And if we were to miss a charging stop because of how tightly like everything was scheduled, we would like basically have to reschedule hotels for every day after that. Right. right. Like all the cascading, right? Yeah. But like going in, like I'd seen like the plan. I knew the logistics. I'm like, this doesn't really look like it has any room to go wrong. So uh, when I was flying over there, I was a bit like, okay, this will be interesting, but what are we actually going to learn? Right. Well, <laughs> a lot, actually. Um, where do you want me to start? <laughs> well, start with, I mean, let's like just the scale of it, I think is, mm-hmm. is hard to right. wrap your head around. Okay. First of yeah. all, because I think Americans don't really have a sense of scale of how big Australia is. Yeah. And then also like the charging infrastructure. I mean, we've had for a while now people doing cross country or, you know, transcontinental trips across North America mm-hmm. uh, with EVs. But it seems like the, the the charging infrastructure, at least across like the more remote parts of Australia, is not 
where it is, even in remote parts of the US. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, thanks for getting me to back up. Uh, so like, obviously, Australia, the continent is pretty much the size of the mainland US. Um, we were so our trip was going to be from Adelaide, which is kind of on the south coast to Perth, which is on the west coast. It's not across the entirety of the continent, but like, um, can they see what's on screen? Yep. Yep. That would be like going from East Texas to, I guess, LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, most of that area is uninhabited. I think uh, a statistic that Lewin pulled up was 67% of Australia is inhabited by like a total of 35,000 people. Um, Whoa. Like, like the US is like close to 330 million people. I think Australia is like less than 30. I was just looking it up. It was that was exactly what I was looking up. It's uh 25.69 million. Holy cow. Yeah. So like a tenth of the population, less than a tenth Not of the population. Basically yeah. New York right. plus Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> except, New York plus Chicago metro areas. Yeah. Except nobody outside that lives right. at all, you know. Yeah. So this was I mean, it was probably I would say as sparse as uh, parts of the American Southwest there, but actually having driven through that recently, no, much more barren. <laughs> yeah. um, so the full route was, I don't remember what it was in kilometers. I want to say it was, no, in miles, it was about 1700. Um, and obviously like this thing's rated like, you know, 260, 270 miles on a full charge uh, in mm -hmm. the U.S., um, but like, it's going to get a bit less at highway speeds and all that. So we had, I don't remember how many charging stops factored in, but we were doing anywhere from one to three stints a day. Um, when it comes to charging, we, we basically, the first place we recharged was a Tesla supercharger in this itty bitty port town called Port Augusta, which was actually going to be the biggest town we were going to be until Perth. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Port, uh, Port Augusta, I don't know much about it, only that like because it's a Tesla charger, it didn't actually want to charge the Kia. So we had to like get this device to like fool the Tesla charger into thinking that's right. we're a Tesla. Yeah. yeah. And that's really interesting too, because that's also a thing here, right? Where it's, there's, there's the, the physical standards of the cable or whatever, but then there's also computer technology or there's a board in there someplace that says hey this is a tesla and i'm allowed to use this this device and so that has a spoof. Uh, some intelligence in it to yeah. basically spoof a tesla right yeah I, I would figure like there's something in there that's mimicking the signal that a tesla will feed it i'm not actually all that good with uh with like super technical computer stuff but um yeah like it, it, like we do see that that kind of weird thing in the u.s as well but you know it's not as extreme because that was the only charging option in town so we mm -hmm. it was this or nothing and it had to be that yeah yeah holy cow like it, yeah. it's one example of like it, i mean how you said in the in the articles like how one other person with an ev going the same direction as you can throw a giant wrench into everything that you had planned yeah fortunately um we didn't actually encounter a problem with that the one time we actually did meet somebody going the same way as us or even the opposite direction um actually we did meet a couple people driving teslas but one of them was charging in like an rv park where we weren't so that was fine um <laughs> you but stay like, over there <laughs> we'll <laughs> charge over here yeah a bit like that but we showed up first at the fast charger so we were dibs we had dibs yeah. yeah but the um the day before we were at this place called kaiguna um there is a sign there that says 90 miles straight the longest straight road in australia and let me tell you that is a long straight road <laughs> with the same scenery for 90 miles actually we'd been seeing the same scenery for days at by that point anyway but um we got there and we're like, oh no, that's a model three, isn't it? And it was, it was next to this, um, they've got this like neat biodiesel burning charger, it, like burns fry oil. It was running on like 
just normal diesel that day because it was all they had like you can only use so much fry oil right <laughs> but um well there's only like three people around to eat french fries and they're like please stop <laughs> making us eat french fries yeah there, there really is very few people living there like not even the bar was open for some reason wow. but <laughs> that's an but, emergency in australia <laughs> <laughs> pretty much i mean i'm sure you've heard the stories about bathurst and like people getting mad that what do you mean we can only have like 24 liters of liquor per person per day <laughs> Yeah, whatever this, it was. This story is at Bathurst the, a few years ago. They started limiting the number of beers that you could that you could have to twenty four per person <laughs> per, per day. day per day, and so people responded because Bathurst is just like it's out in the open. It's not like a closed thing. They were going out and cashing beer. They were burying beer because <laughs> in hidey holes. They yes, were beer squirrels because twenty four per person per day was just not enough. <laughs> I will say, say though, I am surprised by how much I like VB. I have terrible taste in beer. I like Coors Banquet. Mm-hmm. Don't give me any hops. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's going to bother some of your listeners. But, I mean, I don't eat my earwax. Maybe they do. Hey, you 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 live in Colorado. You're allowed to say whatever you want about IPAs. You yeah. you live. <laughs> You lived through the worst of it, so you're good. Yeah. I will say, IPAs, for some reason, they, they do hit when you're in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just because I was traveling. But but anyway, like we got to that Charger, and like we saw the Tesla. Fortunately, they were headed the same direction. They had 10 minutes left to charge. We got lucky. But that was what made us realize that like a lot of these Chargers, because they're not network stuff, you can't look up whether they're taken before you get there. I mean, right. never mind the fact that we actually had no cell service for a lot of this drive. Um, yeah, the like we were realizing that, yeah, we would have to basically reschedule everything on the fly out there if we did run into somebody who was, uh, was on a Charger and just had to be there for longer than us. Like yeah. it, if we did, we probably wouldn't see them again because, you know, we'd be behind them by the time of a, you know, by a the, full charge, space yeah. Of a charge. Yeah. Um, unless we got somewhere overnight and then the, that's bad luck. But yeah, I, I meant to ask you, too, about the, the, the fry oil, oil thing, because when I first read that in the in the, the intro article that you were going to uh, use one of those, I was like, oh, well, they probably pick that because it's a cool that's, you know, that's, that's a cool story. Or was that just the only game in town sort of situation? It was, but I think actually um, that particular fry oil charger, Mm -hmm. I believe that like reading about that when it came online was the impetus for the entire thing. It was what Lewin made. Yeah, it was what made Lewin realize, hey, wait, this is actually possible. Let's do a thing with this. Oh, cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Funny enough about that charger. But yeah. um, one of the other things uh, like this is like specific to like rural Australia. It was like, it's not a problem if somebody say trying to drive to Alaska, I'd say, but um, it's not like so much a problem with like rural cell service, but um, rural customer service in that, like there's like one person working the front desk at all these like tiny little motels and stuff. They, uh, they, they don't live behind the desk. They go to sleep sometimes. And like some of these places you couldn't check in later than 6 PM or 8 PM. And we had to call ahead and be like, Hey, we're not going to get in till 11. Do we have any options? And we were able to arrange something the whole way, but you really had to plan every step of the way and be prepared to change everything at a moment's notice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. It, it like just so many like dominoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah, like one person could just be asleep and not hear their phone. Yeah. And- oh, oh man. We, well, I'll, I'll get to that maybe a bit later when we talk about how the trip concluded. But yeah. But we did have a thing towards the end where we did actually have to find some emergency lodging. And we only found out that we needed it after 8 p.m. So right. we were like, okay, the hotel is fully booked. None of the other places either are open or answering their phone. We ended up getting like an Airbnb at the last, no, a normal B&B at the last minute <laughs> because Lewin was like looking at phone numbers, called it, and like it just so happened that they were still up watching TV. Man. See? 
right? Tremendously lucky. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, yeah. we'd have slept in the car at a time when we didn't want to be anywhere near the car. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're taking difficult road trip logistics in any transportation and adding mm -hmm. the EV layer to it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. This is not an easy task in a, in a car that has like, say, a 400 mile tank, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And like, even this isn't like, a super straightforward trip even in uh, a regular gas car because when you look at like the travel advisories for crossing the Nullarbor, for example, um, which in case listeners aren't familiar, it is this giant patch of Australia with no trees. It's just a plain covered in salt bush. Um, and like there really are no trees for hundreds of miles. You, it is like really weirdly close to the coastline though so like oh the ocean is there but there are no trees but this looks like a desert but it's this really weird scenery um i forgot where i was going with that the travel advisor is going across oh, yeah, yeah yeah thank you um so we were like reading this and they're going hey bring an extra can of fuel bring like 10 20 liters of water per person per person um yeah. don't drive after dark um have a bull bar uh, we decided not to fit a bull bar because we didn't want the range penalty. Right. Um, and we did end up actually driving before uh, before dawn and after sunset a couple times when we hadn't planned to. Um, fortunately, or actually, I don't know how fortunately, we didn't actually see a living kangaroo the entire trip through 1,700 miles of Australian backcountry. Not one living kangaroo. <laughs> There was a really nice through line through all the, the, yeah. the dispatches though of like, has he seen a kangaroo yet? Nope. <laughs> yeah. I was I was waiting for you to finally see one, but yeah. Me too. Yeah. And so I, you didn't even after you turned the car in, you didn't get to see, you never saw a kangaroo the whole time? Uh we saw at least ten dead ones by the side of the road. <laughs> when um, you gave the keys to a kangaroo at the rental desk. How majestic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought about going to the zoo in Perth just to see a kangaroo, <laughs> but a part of me was like, are they even going to have one there? Are they going to be like, just go out into the guy on the epic, you'll find it. <laughs> It'd be like having a squirrel at the zoo here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have them. They're just not like, right. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this, uh, the road warning sign here, like camels. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what is the middle animal here? That's wombat. Wombat. Wombats and kangaroos. Mm -hmm. I did not see any wombats either. I didn't see any of the feral camels. There are 100,000 feral camels in Australia because the British imported them and they're like, they're just going to die once we let them go, right? No, they didn't. Well, because they're famously fragile. Camels. Exactly. Uh -huh. so yeah. That's why... <laughs> The non-endurance model of a creature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah good choice. Oh, this guys. animal adapted for harsh climbs is going to do so badly in this slightly <laughs> different harsh climb <laughs> right. with no natural predators. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Amazing. oh, wow. Yeah. And so driving at night, the biggest risk is that wildlife factor, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. that's why they tell you not to. Yeah. Um, although, yeah. again, we didn't see, okay, I might have seen... I might have seen something in the distance, like <laughs> cross the road. I'm like maybe 15% sure that it was a, a kangaroo, but I'm not confident. It's like, we really didn't see anything. It's yeah. probably because it's the winter down there. So mm -hmm. like wildlife is not going to be as active. And also apparently kangaroos are more active at night and they sleep during the day. Gotcha. But I mean, that's also just a little disappointing to me. <laughs> Before we get to kind of how the trip finished, give us like the EV6 impressions at this point, like how this is turning out to be like a road trip vehicle beyond kind of like charging logistics. Like, are you getting butt lock? Like, what's the weird stuff that's annoying you? Like, give us kind of that, like now you're betting into the EV6. Oh, that's... Or, or were you too concerned, like not... Like you didn't have to think anything about the EV6. Like nothing rose to the point of like, I also have to manage this, like uncomfortable seats or something like that. I would say um, even though like when I first drove the EV6, I was not sure about the seats. I really didn't have any complaints about them in the long term. It was, I mean, we ended up because we had a full size spare in the back. We ended up throwing all of our, our crap in the back seat instead. But like it was still... 
I would say it really still didn't have any problems that were like specific to the car. It was like all the challenges were either because of exactly what we were doing being kind of like a weird way to use an EV or just like having other things to think about. Like, can we get something other than a frozen sausage roll at the next stop? Like it, it was, it did fine. It, I really can't think of anything about it that I'm like, Oh, this is why it would be a bad road tripper as compared to, you know, another EV. Sure. Sure. Nice. Did anything yeah. stand out as something that like you really liked quickly or um, like with regards to like long distance driving in particular or just the car itself? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I really do think that EV6 is like secretly very good on back roads, um, which we didn't encounter like any of, um, <laughs> and we were always like trying to eke out more range. So we didn't get yeah. to do much full throttle, but Lewin was like really, really about, you know, the instant torque, which yeah. if you haven't driven an EV, it really is a lot of fun. And like yeah. one pedal driving, he hated it. So we kept it off. Um, which is strange because I really do like one pedal driving Us to too. me. Yeah. To me. Uh, and I bet this will resonate with you. It's like driving a one speed manual without a clutch in that, like when you lift off it's engine braking, cause that's mm -hmm. what regenerative braking is. It's engine braking. Um, and sort of once you start to think about it that way, it's like, okay, this is not like a replacement for other stuff, but it's this unique, cool thing, you know? It to me, it scratches the same itch that like heel towing does. Like mm. when I, when, or 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 a really good downshift. You know, like it's that it's that skill game thing. And when you get it right, and you you figure out how to manage it just just perfectly, it's satisfying. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. So it, it scratches that same itch for me. And I, like those those gauges that show like, oh, here's how much power you're getting back. That kind of gamifies it too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I get like the fixy bike fix from it. Like, you know, mm. just like the like more of a connection with the thing that you're in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it too, is that it does feel more mechanical. Yeah. You know, if you're used to driving manuals and stuff, uh, it does feel, I don't know, it gives it a more mechanical feel than... Yeah. Um, than freewheeling does, I think. Yeah, like you just feel something's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, gears are turning. Yeah, like yeah. Th there's real feedback with it. it <laughs> and like, if you were to compare it to just say some equivalent uh, gas automatic crossover, th it's night and day because like a gas automatic crossover, it's like, it it's kind of just there to make money. It doesn't actually need to exist. Um, whereas like something like this, now that we have the chance to turn this into something that can be fun in like even a very everyday humdrum driving commuting scenario, like that's probably a big appeal of EVs. And actually yeah. I'm kind of disappointed when I drive something that doesn't have good regen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Nice. Well, should we talk about how the trip played out towards the end? <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to say that like we I, we generally thought like okay we're on the highway we're going to be using more range we like we should still be good on range the entire time I think it was the fourth day is we're leaving the Nullabore Roadhouse which is like it's like a hotel and like kind of tourism stop not really it's like it's the only place you stop on uh, across the Nullabore um, it's even got like an airfield there that like people were stopping at um i think they did like local sightseeing stuff anyway we left and we're like uh we have like 15 kilometers less range than we have to go because it was cold and because we'd been driving on the highway we had to do like 80 k's on like a 110 zone like there's nobody out at that time of night um but like we we got the range back but then we're like wait why are we short again and we ha actually had to like watch it for a like couple hundred kilometers slow way down i think we were doing 60 kilometers per hour oh god um, you know a 110 zone so just for context that's like 38 yeah in a six in what's like a 65 zone we had a road train so like road trains yeah, road like trains. semi but like with two or three trailers we had one just like blast up on us when we're doing 60 and just lay on the horn when we have this like we've got our hazard lights on where it's like 
bro, we literally can't do anything for you. Like, <laughs> we, we can't speed up. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. Um, it. It turned what was supposed to be like, I want to say a two and a half, maybe three and a half hour drive. And yeah, it was like a three and a half hour drive into five hours because we had this gnarly 20 mile an hour headwind oh. that made it like we we're fighting the air resistance of going the speed limit, but yeah. we were making much less progress. So it's just a long, slow, stressful slog. We pulled into uh, Maduro with literally two kilometers of range left. <laughs> that dude was really exciting to read. And when I was reading that, I was shouting at my computer screen uh, because my idiot brain was thinking the unsafe thing to do, which would be to draft the road train. Oh god, I, we did actually think about doing that at one point, but and I wondered if you guys had debated that at all. Yeah. We mentioned it, but Lewin said they would hate it. Okay. And like, do you really want to piss off a trucker in the middle of nowhere? No. No, but right. but also like it might have towed you there. You Maybe. Know? Uh, well, apparently, well, when you say towed, you mean like like let it like drafting would have made the difference, or like have physically towed us if we needed it. No, I meant like drafting might have made the difference, okay. right? I mean, if you were in a twenty mile or twenty mile an hour headwind big maybe and yeah. also like you have to be so so close <laughs> to uh yeah. to stuff to get any sort of mpg gain that like yeah. it just would have been really unsafe yeah i um, i don't know it doesn't uh it looks super safe to like roll directly behind a truck that looks like this <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like the one you got up right there it looks like a mcdonald's version of something from mad max right yeah yes, yeah exactly yeah. what i was thinking it's bright yeah. colors but that is one hell of a bull bar song <laughs> right right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah wow that's why you didn't see any kangaroos because they were all trapped underneath this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they were clearing the path for you <laughs> wow yeah probably yeah oh but, man. Um, god that's nerve-wracking yeah it, it was uh it, but like that taught us that like okay if we do really have range problems we can slow down enough we can make it we just have to pace ourselves and so like the next day when we were again a little bit short when we set out we're like okay we know what speed to do but that time we didn't have like a headwind um the the last day of driving uh from it was oh gosh norseman which was like a town of like 600 people but like when you've been going through places where the census says zero <laughs> it's like a bustling metropolis yeah we're like wow this is a suburb this is incredibly <laughs> built up you know yeah but um but like last day it's like okay we're gonna be in perth tonight we, we know how to handle everything from here it's like we're, we're just coasting um we ended up having to we did end up having to like change our plans a little bit charge longer at our uh our stop for the day which was oh gosh uh oh i'm struggling to remember but it's like the last town we were and we just ended up charging extra time. We figured out, uh, and like a lot of the EV cannonball people have figured this out too. When you're like trying to actually cross country really quick in an EV, it actually saves you time to charge longer and drive faster, which sounds counterintuitive because you're like, why would I sit on the charger for half an hour extra? Well, it's because you can go 10 miles an hour faster yeah. or 15 or 20. Um, but we ended up getting into, we had to skip a roadhouse where the charger was out of order. We'd like looked it up beforehand. And we're like, okay, mm. we're going to have to slightly tweak things. We ended up going to a town called Katanning. Um, but like that was our final charge stop. We were going to hit Perth that night. Uh, we like celebrated maybe a little bit. Maybe we jinxed ourselves because we got out to the car and we hit the starter button and I don't remember what the error message said, but it was something along the lines of like brake system error. And we're like, uh, that's weird. Maybe that's like a software thing. Maybe it'll go away if we turn it off and back on again. You know, um, it didn't. We tried rolling it down the road a couple miles an hour, you know, tested the friction brakes. They were okay. But like, um, I thought like, well, we, we should go. But Loon was like, no, that's a really bad idea because a, we have no idea what the problem is. B, if it is something serious, um, we don't know 
when or where or how it could go wrong. And so like, realistically, he was like, okay, we don't know what, we don't know what the odds are and we don't know what the stakes are. And that's like, that is a purely bad gamble. Like that is a lose, lose situation because if we drove with a known brake problem and the car is telling us, Hey, this major safety system has a problem. And like, if something had happened, we'd have been fired. No question about it. it. Even if something hadn't happened, the fact that we had, you know, put this car at risk uh and ourselves as well and you know not to mention everybody else on the road true uh also could have been a fireable offense so we we had to call it there like on the very last leg which was crushing um and also we didn't want to have to sleep in the damn car this is where we had the, <laughs> this is where right. we had the problem with uh finding a place but we did right um kia has gotten somebody to figure out what the problem was uh there was a follow-up on there i don't remember the exact issue but there's something in the abs actuator yeah um which is like just it, it was absolutely deus ex machina freak accident could have happened to anybody any car it's not even an ev specific problem like right abs is in normal cars too folks yeah. so it was yeah. it was like okay functionally we, we proved that this works, that it can be done, and we learned what we needed to, and it was just a completely weird reason why we didn't finish the journey in the EV6. I came and got it the next day on a flatbed, gave us a, uh, I think it was a Sorento to finish the journey, and so... <laughs> And this round was good too. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, God, it's going to be so frustrating. <sighs> <It's> so <funny. laughs> but you so made close. the right call, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Some of the commenters don't think so, but some of the commenters are also um, internet commenters. So. Yeah, exactly. Fuck them. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can say that on your podcast. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so we yeah. should have told you earlier on swearing is encouraged. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I mean, I will say in bad on kia for an overly vague uh <laughs> error message which is kind of frustrating too i mean to uh, be fair like can can you predict for that like eventuality in like failure software coding it's like it kind of makes sense that like if it's a problem like that you're not going to fix it by the roadside anyway it's like well yeah, no, but yeah. if abs is broken and it's just abs yeah, yeah you probably would if you knew if it was just abs you probably would have kept going right uh yeah probably Ugh. i mean like if we'd been able to like cl- like if we knew that it was just an abs problem right because like older cars have like a brake light and an abs light yeah. i know this because my mr2 has both of them on <laughs> and has for years um but like like the abs light never worried me because it was like consistent problem but yeah like yeah. something that vague was like that is that can either be like unfairly kind of it can downplay the problem or yeah. it can make uh or it can make people bail on something that might have been doable otherwise yeah i yeah. i think it's kind of a little bit of a weird move to say check brake system like just on yeah. the general consumer right like yeah the pedal's still there like we're still stopping like <laughs> That, yes, that the could... brake system takes checks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. It's not a cash-only brake system. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I would rather see something like just straight up do not operate vehicle, like throw it in yeah. limp mode. And, you know, Brake system error would have yeah, been like, yeah. more telling. Right, right. I mean, yeah. my I can't really talk because my car, when it has electrical issues and it's a Volkswagen, so this is normal. <laughs> so it does. It does. Uh, it says alternator workshop. <laughs> The mm. best 80s. For all electrical issues? <laughs> well, the ones that I've experienced. Oh. <laughs> Alternator workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, is that like a spoken aloud notice or is that like. No, that's the printed words that come up on the dash um, when you have an issue with the charging system. That's so, got to be a translation error. Oh, so, I I hope that it's like a. Like a um, you know, like a German techno side project or something. That's yeah, it's it's a Kraftwerk cover band. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's a Kraftwerk uh, acapella group. There you go. <laughs> yes. I, of course, first thing that comes up: VW Vortex Alternator Workshop. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know who might know all about this? Speaking of uh, other interesting people to talk to in the Denver area, uh, there's a guy called Sterling Chase who does uh, a lot of VW specialty stuff and some like freelance race mechanic stuff. Oh. Um, I've talked to him a couple times. He's a really interesting dude. He's kind of the unofficial mascot of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Okay. Have you ever seen a picture of a dude like with an afro and like a cowbell that he's banging on? At Pikes Peak? Yeah. I think so. Like he's like on the, I think the picture I've seen, he's like on the outside of one of the, uh, the mm-hmm. hairpins or something. Yeah. He's a great dude. Um, okay. oh. I, I think like his business is called something like Forover Nugan or something. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's great to talk to though. Nice. That's great. Well, well I am super impressed with your, yeah. With the, the, with the trip like you guys it. did and the, the dispatches were great to read uh, and anyone who hasn't read them needs to go needs to go read them because it was it was a it was a fun read for sure absolutely yeah um while we have you here we mm-hmm. play a game on the show we we play a license plate game mm-hmm. basically the way this works is it's like highlights magazine matching so you're gonna get a picture of th- you can get pictures of three cars with their license plates blacked out and then you're going to get text of uh, vanity plates and you have to match the vanity plate text to the car. I'm going to be like, I'm going to really enjoy this, whether it's easy or hard. Yeah. I, 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 go ahead. Yeah. Well, I kind of like, so I've made these, um, Ian hasn't seen them. So both you uh, and Ian have not seen them. Um and they are all kind of EV themed. I have two for you. One might be easier. One might be harder. Um, so, yeah. Do you want maybe the more boring one first or the more entertaining one? I know. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Whatever's let's, convenient. Let's get, our, let's get our eye in with the easy one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and this, re- this game really, really rewards gross generalization about people. Like, How gross? I mean, just <laughs> as gross as you can get. Did you see many vanity plates in Australia? Is that a thing down there? I I saw a surprising amount, actually. Um, and okay. apparently, they're kind of expensive to have down there. You have to pay a yearly fee, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know why you'd pay a yearly fee, especially for some of the ones I saw. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah. They were crude. It was just like, really? You're paying yeah. money for that? Right, right. Money and money and good judgment are not like, uh, yeah, always hand in hand. (laughs) All right, here we go. So this one is just called uh, more Teslas. Here is the quiz. (laughs) All right, here we go. So up top, we've got a Nardo gray uh, Tesla three. Um, Below, we have kind of a more standard gray Tesla three. And then we have a Model Y down at the bottom, I think. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we can zoom and enhance and take closer looks at these cars. Yep. This uh, is actually pretty tricky because they're three Teslas and they're all very much, you know, like Tesla cult kind of shit. Right. For the plates. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Ian, do you want to read the plates? Yeah. The first one is no mo gas and the a is a four because of course, uh, the la- next one is Martian. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then Skyhawk. Yep. Skyhawk. My theory is that the Tesla stands are running out of vanity plate options. So they're just taking bigger and bigger swings at more vague and vague elon tesla centric stuff so maybe they yeah 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 maybe they wanted skynet and like or and you know they didn't remember it or who knows but i the 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 pool of available plates to these weirdos is getting pretty thin from what i've seen out in the public yeah i do want to point out so the 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 top model three yes has some numbers on it mm-hmm. yes this, is this from autocross it is gotta be yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna it say is. it's not at hpr because i'd recognize that yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah yep. okay so for the autocross one i'm gonna guess that just because like the kind of person who goes racing 
uh, speaking personally, and not to stereotype you, but um, the kind of person who goes racing has enough opinion of their driving ability that, you know, they've got a bit of bravado in them. So the top one with the racing numbers, I'm going to say is maybe Skyhawk because like that's that's the kind of shit that like we'll buy a Dodge if it's called the Skyhawk. So that's the kind of thing we'd put on our plates. <laughs> um, I want to pull, call your attention to the wheels on the middle Tesla here. Mm, oh, because we have some aftermarket wheels, I think. And I wonder if these are for lightness and range or for driving or for looks performance performance if i had to guess also you can see the michelin sidewalls Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, that will dual motor that doesn't mean all that much though um i'm gonna say hmm, can you zoom out again yeah you bet okay yeah this is actually really tricky um this one when i put it together i just planned on you getting all of them wrong like <laughs> excellent it, it's such a stab in the dark but i kind of wanted to have kind of a more boring one because before i got to what i think is quite a fun one yeah um okay okay just because i feel like you've been giving me a hint or a red herring who knows um <laughs> okay maybe the second one with the aftermarket wheels is skyhawk yeah and then the first one with the numbers is Nomo Gas, and then Martian is going to be the Model Y because, or Model X. I mean, they both look like a pregnant Model Three. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that one is uh, is Martian just because, just because I have a hunch. <laughs> okay, my, and my my hunch is I think. The middle one is Skyhawk, and I I reversed the other two. That's my that's my guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, here you go. The middle is Nomo Gas. Ah, the ah. bottom is Skyhawk, and the top is all Martian. of them wrong. All yeah. Them wrong. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Peta, for sending these in. I Sky- I totally figured that like the the autocross car uh-huh. like Nomo Gas. I went with that because like they're an autocrosser maybe they used to have a gas car and like this is them saying like i i went from gas to this gotcha yeah yeah but i was wrong well uh very nice guy uh but yeah yeah martian uh also um the portalettes at the autocross uh event area uh the like where you run is not too far away and our good buddy Mm. pita was in one of the portalettes and heard tires screeching like crazy and it was the tesla and he thought he was going to get killed by a tesla because <laughs> he didn't have like engine sound to coupled with it to tell how far away it was so mm. he thought he was gonna die while you know dropping a toosie in a portalette by a tesla so to be fair know. anytime i'm on the highway next to a tesla i feel like i'm about to die <laughs> i i do like compulsively look like are there hands on the wheel true yeah. true and are usually they, they are fortunately but yeah uh, yeah. Okay. Here How was we- a man man killed in porta potty by Tesla? It's got to be <laughs> yeah in my top five of headlines I want to avoid in my life. <laughs> right. Right. I think. Yeah. Okay. The my favorite headline that I've ever written. Okay. It's other toss up between this like really dirty named Subaru from like the Philippines or Malaysia. It was like this uh, Subaru Forester show car. Um, I remember this. Yes. Yeah. It. It was like this weirdo English thing where like on the plinth below it, it was like, this is a Subaru Forester ultimate customized kit special yes. edition. But the edition was lowercase. And if you read out the acronym, it was fucks. Um, <laughs> and, and so I joked like when I was submitting the headline for this, I was like, uh, no, it's like the subheading. I was like, we should put this Subaru fucks. And then Patrick George comes in from Jalopnik. Uh, he was still new at the time. He's like, that's the headline. We're shipping it like that. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but it's either that or something along the lines of manatee orgy causes world's most awkward traffic jam. <laughs> I mean, that's, that says everything you need to know right there. You don't it even does. need to read the article. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know manatees had those. But <laughs> <we go. laughs> Learn something every day. Learn something mm-hmm. every day. 
So uh, if you want to do one more quick license plate game, we can. Okay. All right. So here you go. This one's called Tesla's question mark. Voice gets real high at the end. All right. Up top, we've got a model Y something red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In gray uh, with a red uh, badge in the middle here. That's a Taurus wagon. Yeah, uh, I believe if you look closely at the badging, that is a Tesla wagon. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> it is a, a maroon Ford Taurus wagon that somebody has stuck Tesla stuff onto. I love those like swoopy old Taurus wagons. My friend right. had one growing up, you know, the rear facing back seats. I, I have a soft spot for those. Nice. Oh, well, they got the P100D on it, too. Oh, yep. do they? Yep, they yeah. sure do. Oh, that's oh, that's excellent. That's, that's commitment. Taurus. Whoever you are. I, I, they're not going to hear us. Whoever you are, you're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, we've got a Corvette down at the bottom, a, a C7. C8, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, a is C8. that a C- C8? C8, yeah. C8, yeah. Okay. What's the. Uh, if what's... I'm wrong about that, I'm getting fired. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the license plate holder on the C8? It's tough to say, but like there's like a. So it's layer? Blue Bayou. Yeah. Yeah. Go. That's yeah. probably like a. Um, Oh, Blue Bayou, see you later. Oh. Okay, so that's got to be like a Louisiana plate. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. All right. So the license plates, Ian, do you want to read them? Yeah. My Tesla, M-I Tesla, EV and Bob, EV and Bob, E-V-A-N Bob, and then Y Ghost. Okay. Um, can you zoom in on the plate for the Taurus, the Taurusla? Yeah, you bet. The Taurusla. Yes. Uh huh. I think I know. Okay. No, wait. No, wait. No, it's I Illinois. Had, I was, it's an Illinois plate. Yeah. Were you thinking Michigan for? No, MIT? I was thinking. I was thinking Massachusetts, like MIT. Oh, oh hey, nice. But nice. none of these are a Massachusetts plate. There's Colorado, Illinois, and probably um, Louisiana, Mississippi. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, What is it? What do we think it was Evie and Bob? Is that maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I, I know it's not the Model Y because Colorado has a seven character limit. Yeah. Okay. So. If that can't be that, um, I'm going to say the person with the Tarusla has my Tesla. Evie and Bob, I'm going to say, is the uh, the C8. Yes. And then Y Ghost is the Model Y. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Okay. Where Evie and Bob came from, maybe it's that joke like Jeremy Clarkson made about Corvettes being built by dudes named Bob. <laughs> Bud and Bob. Or it's a married couple, Evie and Bob. Mm. Or Ev, yeah. right? Or this is some uh, or, crazy Cajun talk that we can't decipher. <laughs> or or maybe it's a dude named Bob Evans or something, and he just had to like butcher it because everybody named Bob Evans in his state has a vanity plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you go. I have good news for you. You got all got three. C8. Oh, yeah. Right. There we go. Yeah. Uh, PETA sent in uh, Thanks, two of these. Peter. Our, our buddy Pat sent in uh, the Me Tesla. Uh, Pat yeah. Curtains? Yes. No, no, no. Different Pat. Different Pat. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Our Hi, buddy Pat. Pat Curtains, anyway. And your buddy Pat. Hi, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our uh, PETA sent in that Corvette uh, C8, and uh, he said uh, he just imagined like a cute, like retired couple, like Evan Bob, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, Everly. Yeah. Ev is short for Everly. We're <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doing Dr. Girlfriend all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. So, James, thank you for coming on the show. What do you want to plug? Um, mm, okay. You can read my column at The Drive. Um, yep. You can, if you want to regret, you can follow me on social media on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I don't remember what my I, I think it's i think twitter is underscore james gilboy and instagram is just james gilboy um and also out of uh completely out of the blue if you like 
like sports or you don't like sports at all, like seriously, check out this dude named John Boys on YouTube uh, because he figured out if, like how well Barry Bonds would have done if he'd played without a bat. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is he would still be basically league dominatingly good because of how much he got walked. Okay. That's amazing. What's what's this guy's name again? John Boys, B O I S. Okay. Um, yeah, probably go on YouTube and look up Barry Bonds without a bat because the math <laughs> is really amazing and it's a really funny video. Okay. Okay. Nice. I actually have a tattoo. One of my tattoos is some fiction he wrote. So Oh snap. Right on. Mm-hmm. Right on. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, James, thank you so much. This was delightful. Um This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Anytime you want to come back and discuss uh, crazy road trips or anything else, let us know. Excellent. I do have a really embarrassing story from uh, when I drove a Rivian R1T that I might tell you in the future. Um, or I may just tell it to you at High Plains this weekend. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Because it's it. a little gross. <laughs> Even better. I can't wait. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, thank you. We love you. Goodbye.